here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. That, of course, is not the voice of Mark Levin. In today for Mark, out of the bullpen, warming up the right arm. Getting ready to throw some peas over home plate. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter, if you want to tweet us. If you want to give us a call during the show to complain. If you want to give us a call during the show to compliment. Whatevs. 877-381-3811. Give me a call. And liberals, you're always welcome as well. As Marco, he says we have a special line just for you. 877-381-3811. My favorite uh, sounder they put there during the break. You got to cue that one up for me, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, what has two thumbs and celebrated this weekend? This guy, this guy right here. Finally, finally, we win a big one. I want you all tonight in the listening audience. Give yourselves a little pat on the back. Not if you're driving. Don't let your hands off the wheel. You can just kind of visualize the process. But if you can, just give yourself a little pat on the back. Finally, for once, the swamp rat GOP that has let us down repeatedly in D.C. stepped up and did what we elected them to do. And listen, I'm hard on them. I know you all have been a lot. Good for you guys and ladies for doing the right thing. Now, I don't want to get overly congratulatory with this stuff because this is what we elected you to do. But I don't want to be uh, uh, Debbie Downer here either. Or Danny Downer in my case. You did the right thing. It feels good to win, doesn't it? You see what happens to the base when we win? When we win. When we take one. When we drop an L on our political opponents. Do you see how that feels? Isn't it nice to go out in front of the base and finally not get booed? (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's true. Some of you've let us down in the past. A lot of you have stepped up. We got a lot of good folks out there. Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, you know, Rand Paul, Jim Jordan. We got a lot of great ones out there. But we've had some disappointments. But we had a nearly unified GOP besides uh, Lisa Murkowski, who's not really a Republican. Lisa Murkowski is a waste of everybody's time in Alaska. She's up in 2022 for re-election. And why anyone in Alaska would vote for Lisa Murkowski on either side of the fence is is honest to God, perplexing to me. She's not a Republican. She doesn't stand for anything Republican. She gave a speech from the Senate floor that was, wasn't even coherent. It's like, I think he's a good guy. Kavanaugh. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. But I just don't think he's right. I don't think I'm listening to say, what is she even talking about? So Murkowski, this is a a celebration day. So I'm going to just leave the Murkowski stuff there because, again, I don't want to be. It's Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. I'm half Italian with a last name like Bongino. I think that's kind of obvious. It was Bongiorno. My grandparents changed it. I've told this story before. They thought it sounded too Italian. So they changed it to Bongino because the Italians were discriminated against at the time, which (laughs) I love my grandmother. She's still alive. Grandma, you're the best. But I don't think we were really fooling anyone with the Bongiorno, Bongino channel. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just, Mr. Producer, am I right? Do you think we really tricked anyone with that? <laughs> Mr. Producer's laughing there. I don't think, I don't think we were pulling a wool over anyone's eyes. 
But it feels good, doesn't it? Now, we're going to put some meat on the bone on this show because we could celebrate the whole time. What's the point of that? You tune in here to learn something, hopefully, right? I'm going to give you about six or seven, maybe eight solid takeaways. also want to cover some of the updates in the Spygate thing. But I want to cover the takeaways from this big, huge Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh victory. This was enormous. And I want to start it off by saying this. We just took everything they had, folks. Everything they had. A unified effort by the iron, iron triangle of stupid. The media, radical far-left activist groups, and swamp rat Democrats. The iron triangle of stupidity threw everything they had our way. Single legs, double legs, rear mount, back control, mount, side control, elbows from the top, boxing, tie boxing, taekwondo kicks, everything they had, they threw our way. Paid protesters, unpaid protesters, every single thing they had in their gatling gun of political weapons, they threw our way. And we still won. I know you're not used to this. I'm not either. We're used to winning ideologically because we do that kind of stuff. We go out and vote. We have the Tea Party Revolution. But we're not used to a unified establishment GOP up on the hill winning for us. You know, my show this morning, I covered this. Here is some small thing. I got some piece of paper here. I'm the most disorganized show host ever. In my head, I'm organized, but my notes are always terrible because things just randomly pop up and I write them down. Here are some of the losses we've taken that you and I have fought hard for, but the swamp rats have abandoned us up on the hill. Obamacare repeal. Eh. Social Security reform. Remember the second term of George W. Bush? Eh. Spending cuts in government. And we even, matter of fact, ironically, we even got a sequester and we abandoned it. Planned Parenthood funding still going. What else? I guess. Oh, uh, Estrada, Miguel Estrada, Robert Bork. I mean, we've lost over and over and over again. And now finally this weekend, they stand up in a unified effort after sending every single thing our way. Even I had to say to myself, did that just happen? I know a lot of you, as you were watching the countdown to the vote, and forgive me, this morning I said uh, quarters. I was thinking of a basketball game. But it reminded me of the Miracle on Ice hockey game. Periods in hockey. You're right. I'm sorry. I got a thousand emails on this today. Periods. I'm not a huge hockey fan. But I remember that. I was very, very young. But I remember the game, and I remember the countdown. And I remember watching. I even remember like the, the movie, the movie with Kurt Russell. And the countdown, or the movie's even tense. Where the U.S. hockey teams play and the Russians and that last period's about to end that 10 minutes lasted like five hours. The countdown to the Kavanaugh vote was the same way. We were all just waiting for one of them to screw us over. And outside of Murkowski, they didn't. So here's takeaway number one. We must own the libs. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm done being diplomatic with them. These people have attacked us. They've attacked some of us actually physically. We've, of course, we had the Scalise incident. You've had people getting their MAGA hats ripped off. I have a guy in my neighborhood. I live in Martin County, Florida, which is a 50-50 Democrat-Republican split county. I've got a guy in my neighborhood, I'm not kidding, who has told me multiple times he refuses to wear his MAGA hat because he doesn't want to get accosted. We have had people physically assaulted, drinks poured on him. We had that Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens incident. I mean, it, we, we had people up on the, up at the Supreme Court this weekend trying to pry the door, doors open with their nails. These people will not stop. 
There is no appeasing them. We must own the libs at every opportunity. Owning the libs has to be a lifestyle. I, I know some people find that out. Oh, we shouldn't say that. We're going to offend some people. It doesn't matter. They don't care. I'm not talking about Heartland America Democrats who are reasonable people who are probably frustrated with a lot of what's going on in the country, too. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the radical left wackos, nutbags, looney tunes out there. There is nothing they should see but defeat. They must be they, the ownership of the libs must be a lifestyle choice from this point forward. There is no turning back. There is no backing up. We must politically defeat these people everywhere. At the city council level, at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level. At every level possible, these people must be defeated and driven from office. These are not people who believe in liberty. These are not people who believe in the republic. They don't believe in a representative democracy. They believe in one thing and one thing only. That is the golden calf of pure, unadulterated state power. They believe this is a zero-sum game. They will take state power at the expense of your liberty. They don't care how they get it. They don't believe they abide by your rules. They believe they exist on a higher moral plane, and in that higher moral plane, the ends justify the means. They will do anything they can to separate you from your liberty, and they don't give a damn how they get there. And if you think for a second, for a moment in time, that the old rules apply, the old rules, oh, we have to be cutesy, and as Republicans, they're going to accuse us of being racist, misogynist, we hate grandma, all that other stuff. The I call it the istophobic phobophobes, right? You're a homophobe, Islamophobe, you know all the words. That's, that's their old game. The old rules were, oh, we have to apologize. Why? We didn't say anything racist. We suggested tax cuts. Tax cuts aren't racist. Yeah, but they said they were. So we need to apologize and back it up. And maybe the other side will like us. They won't like you. They hate you. Okay, they hate you. The Iron Triangle of far left radical activists, media types who are radical activists and swamp rat Democrats cannot stand you. They added a new is to their repertoire of is misogynist race. They added rapist now. Now, when you get appointed to the Supreme Court, they're going to accuse you of being a rapist. This is their new is. These people can't stand you. Again, I'm not talking about your neighbors and these heartland Democrats at work for a living. I, I mean that. I'm not trying to play both sides. I know because I live near some of them. They're nice people. We just have disagreements. I'm talking about these nuts. They must be owned. The ownership of the libs is the only way forward. Own the libs everywhere. Every single election. Beat them. Beat them handily. Go vote. Take 10 of your friends to vote. Tell 10 of your friends to take 10 of your friends. And then tell those 10 friends to take more 10 friends. And then go find 10 more friends to vote. Listen, I get it. The Republicans aren't always the answer. But I can tell you right now, if the question is who's going to destroy the country immediately and who's going to destroy it in the long term, the answer is the Democrats are going to destroy it tomorrow and you and your financial security, your safety and security in the process. Rule number one. A takeaway from uh, the Kavanaugh confirmation. The libs must be owned. Own the libs everywhere. On social media, everywhere. The election booth economic boycotts, they want to mess around, you fight right back. This is no time for any kind of a tactical retreat. The old rules are dead. Forget them, bury them, stick a nail in that coffin and bury it. There will be no peace pipe. There will be no rapprochement with these people. There will be no sit down uh, making s'mores around a campfire. They're not interested. 
You want to talk to your Democrat neighbors? I highly recommend you do that. Some of them probably really good people. When it comes to these radical nuts, it's over. These people must be defeated and removed from power. Vote, vote, vote. Become an activist. Join your local group. Get involved. Own the libs at every single opportunity. Sorry, I got a little excited. (laughs) Went a little long in that first segment. You think I'm excited about owning the libs or what? Own the libs. Own them again in this election. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. And libs, if you want to call and, and fight back on that, hey, unlike you guys, I'm all game. 877-381-3811. You want to send me a tweet? At the Bongino. Uh, by the way, pick up Mark Levin's uh, dad, Jack, his new book, Our Police, which is a finely illustrated, great book uh, for kids, grandkids about uh, basically what our police all, you know, they're a great, positive, good in our society. Go check it out. Our Police, available for pre-order now. Don't miss out on the opportunity. Pick it up. Our Police by Jack Levin. We'll be back in a Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. Folks, one thing I know I was talking about, uh, the rules, the lessons we've learned from the Kavanaugh victory. I'm going to get back to that. I've got about six more good ones. Remember the first one, own the libs everywhere, every opportunity, no backing down, no tactical retreats, nothing. Before I get back, I just want to, uh, if you wouldn't mind, shameless plug, I checked with Mark and he said, okay, go ahead. But uh, my book's coming out today. For those of you who heard me on the show before, um, it's called Spygate. It is the, uh, I think, authoritative account of the behind the scenes players that tried to take down Trump. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and bookstores now. It just uh, came out supposedly tomorrow morning, but I know you can get it on Amazon now. Spygate, the the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump. And uh, one thing in the book you will not see anywhere else, I promise you, is the motive as to why they did this. You may say motive. What's the motive? What are you talking about motive? Well, read the book. You'll figure it out. It's not just that they didn't like Trump. There was a lot going on behind the scenes, especially with some of the foreign players. So please go check it out. I'd be honored if you take a look. Available on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble by me, Dan Bongino. It's called Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump. Uh, go pick up a copy. I'd deeply appreciate it. All right, getting back to the most important thing of the day. The big win and the big L we dropped on the liberals this weekend. Here's our rule number two, the net takeaway from this. There is no appeasing liberals or the left. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Remember Susie Powder? Remember Suzanne Powder? Stop the insanity. Remember that? The short hair. Stop the insanity. There is no appeasing the left. There will be no appeasing of the left. I got a hat tip Dan Horowitz at Conservative Review for this one. He had a great piece out today. There's no appeasing these people. Any Republican out there listening who thinks they're buying some kind of like political chits, chits with a C, folks, chits, you know, like the the poker chits. Anyone who thinks they're getting some kind of like building up a political bank account, political capital with the left. I'm up on the hill and I'm a bipartisan guy or I'm a bipartisan gal and I cross the aisle and I'm voting against entitlement reform and against tax cuts. And the media will love me. They Sally Field. They love you. Love me. You really love. They don't love you. They hate you. They will turn on you in a minute, just like they turned on Susan Collins. Now. 
listen, thank you to Susan Collins. You took a great vote. I think people are going overboard. That's what they elected her to do. But seriously, thank you. I don't want to be, again, Debbie Downer on this thing. But this is what Republicans elected Susan Collins to do, advance Republican causes. It's not a mystery. That's why we have a party, a party with a unified set of ideas and a collective ideology that has some bedrock principles. There's a lot of differences under the tent, but there's some staple things, freedom, liberty, and these are the things Kavanaugh stood for. But what happened to Susan Collins this week and after she took the uh, after she announced she would be a yay vote for Kavanaugh and essentially put him over the top, the left immediately responded on Twitter, although she's on their side on a lot of social issues, uh, uh, on, on, on a lot of a matter of fact, not just social issues, on a lot of issues. She's on their side and she's been a hero of this for their bipartisanship. They immediately called her what? A rape apologist, one of the most disgusting, filthy things you can slur someone with on social media, in the media, or anywhere. There is no appeasing these people. They can't stand you, folks. I'm sorry. Again, I'm not talking about your neighbor, the Democrat guy, you know, you chat with it. I'm not suggesting you should start like a cold civil war in your neighborhood. I'm telling you the radical left, their media cronies, and these swamp rat Democrats, they are not going to find a redeeming characteristic with you ever. The minute you vote against them, you're finished. So stop collectively shining their boots. Stop surgically attaching your lips to their butts. It's not going to work. They don't care. There is no appeasing these people. That's takeaway number two. Of all of them, matter of fact, they could be the most important one. I'm Dan Bongino. In for Mark Levin. Give us a call. 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. If you want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. (laughs) You guys are great. That's my favorite. I love that one. I, folks, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin, by the way. I, I, I'm not kidding. I know this is bad to say, but I, when I first heard that, the two separate phone numbers, I didn't get the joke right away. I know you're probably like, Dan, you're making yourself sound like an idiot. That's okay. That's okay. I never got that. The separate liberal line. Conservatives, 877-381-3811. Liberals, 877-381-3811. It took me a few minutes to figure that one out. 
I remember the day I was leaving the Secret Service Dignitary Protection Division office. I heard Mark Levin for the first time. It was in the mid 2000s sometime on WMA Hal. And I was like, wow, he's got a special number or something for liberal. <laughs> I know I say that every show. Those of you who heard me fill in before you put like, all right, enough with that joke. But I still like it. Um, we do have some liberal callers, so hang out there, which are good. I like liberal. I like to balance it a little bit. Liberal callers call in. They usually advertise for us what's going on on the left, so it's really good. So I'm covering the lessons learned from the big L we dropped on the left this week. The big L. Kavanaugh, they're freaking out, losing their minds, trying to rip open the doors to the Supreme Court with their bare hand. You think I'm kidding? I'm not even kidding. Go to Breitbart's uh, Twitter feed. They have photos of protesters trying to claw the doors open, the doors to the Supreme Court. The door, like I'm from Boston. The doors, the doors open to the Supreme Court. It's crazy. It's just, it's cr- how you think this is helping? I don't understand. So rule number one was we must own the libs everywhere. Rule number two, the takeaway from this: there is no appeasing the left. Stop pretending you're embarrassing yourselves. If you're a Republican, vote Republican, vote conservative. You will never appease the media. They will turn on you in a dime. Forget it. Rule number three. The left blew a golden, golden opportunity for them, not for us, to try to kind of cultivate Brett Kavanaugh over time. Say, what are you talking about? I read a piece this weekend. Forgive me. I think it was in Reuters. I'm not really sure. I should have the piece, but it was... I don't like giving a lot of these outlets clicks. It was a left-leaning outlet. But where I re- the piece was actually interesting. And it said that Supreme Court justices over time, with very few exceptions, maybe in our time, uh, uh, Clarence Thomas and Alito, who have remained pretty uh, staunchly constitutional in their time, but many over time who were appointed by conservatives, we've seen this before even with Anthony Kennedy in many respects, wind up becoming more and more liberal over time. And it described how this process mechanically on the ground happens. I, I like it because I, I hate deeply philosophical, philosophical pieces that don't give you meat and potatoes. It was great, but it said this is how it goes down. The law schools out there which are largely liberals, start inviting them and they get to give speeches. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to be liked. And it's good to have, uh, you know, the golf claps. You're so great. We love you. You know, everybody loves that. We're just human beings. You know, we're all sinners at heart, right? And people love to be loved. It takes a strong man, a Scalia type, a Clarence Thomas, an Alito, right, to go out there and be able to advocate for constitutional, conservative, freedom-loving values, knowing that the far-left socialist crowd that sadly occupies a lot, not all, but a lot of the members of law schools are not going to like that. You're not going to get the golf claps. You're going to get the boos and the hisses. So takeaway number three is the left blew a golden opportunity. It's great news for us. They could have had Kavanaugh, who, by the way, was was a favorite of the establishment, too. He was a Bushy at one point. He worked in the Bush White House. I'm not saying they would have turned them. I'm not suggesting. I'm just saying their opportunity to turn them is now gone. Because you decided to do what? You decided to do the most disgusting thing possible and accuse the guy of being a gang rapist, which is pretty awful. Mark shows a family friendly show. I honestly, I don't even, even though that's not one of those like FCC words, you got, it's just such a disgusting thing. I know that there are people who are teen. I don't even want them to like, hey, dad, what does that mean? This is the kind of stuff we have to deal with in the left now. That now calling them a racist wasn't good enough. We had to replace the C with a P. 
Disgusting. But since they decided to do that, ladies and gentlemen, the left blew for themselves an opportunity at the law school appearances, the accolades, the awards. You can't very well say. And believe me, I'm not suggesting this was a good idea. This is disgusting what they did to him. But you can reasonably assume at this point that sadly, Kavanaugh will be probably protested for the rest of his life. If Kavanaugh or their family is listening at all, God bless you, brother, for sticking in there and fighting a good fight. You have made enormous sacrifices. And I, listen, I'm not anybody's preacher or anything, but I, 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 and I hate quotes because people always use quotes when they have nothing good to say themselves. But I, I can't say this one enough. Bernard Malibin, the, the Natural, you know, the, the book that later on was made into a movie, Roy Hobbs' story. When he says, you know, the path to true happiness is through suffering. You know, we all live two lives. One you learn from and, and the one you live after that. Kavanaugh's done with life number one, the one he learned from. He learned what the left will do to him. Now he's living the life after that. And he's figuring out that the path to true happiness and accomplishment is going to be through suffering. And sadly, folks, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Sadly, Kavanaugh and his family are going to suffer the rest of their lives. Just like Clarence Thomas and his family have suffered for the rest of their lives. These are sterling individuals. These are patriots. Dedicated parents, spouses, coaches, people who've been through more than you and I can imagine in many cases. And for the rest of their lives, they're going to have to deal with liberal nut jobs saying the most disgusting, filthy things to them and their families. But they blew an opportunity. Because now Brett Kavanaugh's in life number two. He's learned a lot from that first life. He's probably learned a lot from the last days of those first lives that end on uh, that uh, that ended on Saturday. That life is now over. He's now Justice Kavanaugh, and he's going to have to deal with the left for the rest of his life. Chokes me up a bit sometimes thinking about it. He's a good man. He's a good man. A decent human being. The people I know and I trust, you know, I worked in the Bush White House. I did not know Brett Kavanaugh personally. I, I, make, uh, I make no assertions otherwise. But I know people who did. And the people I know who knew him, I trust. I would trust with my, my car, my kids, my house, anything. They swear by this man. Swear by this man. What happened to him was an intergalactic embarrassment of the highest order. It was a cosmic imbalance of grotesque proportions. But they blew that. And now Brett Kavanaugh is in life number two, where he understands what he was dealing with and what's been put behind him. Those doors, unfortunately, are now largely closed for him. But what's ahead of him is justice, freedom, liberty. And his seat on the Supreme Court bench to fight for those causes embodied in the Constitution. All right, let me take a call here. I usually don't take calls in the first hour, but because I always open the phones to uh, people on the other side of the aisle to get their opinion. And if you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811, please do. Liberals, conservatives, whatever. I take them all. Let's go to Carl in New Jersey. Carl, what do you got for us? How are you? Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. And uh, I, I, being going on and on about the Mr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh, I listened to the hearings before all the stuff broke loose, and I and many of my liberal friends, educated, 
all agreed that he's perfectly fine to be on the court. All this other extraneous stuff was just nonsense, and uh, people don't really listen to it. You don't you don't look at how they're going to vote one way or the other. You're not supposed to say, you know, the Dems lost something or the Republicans gained something. The country gained someone who could be impartial. That being said, sure. I wanted to object to your comment about uh, your financial future in jeopardy if the liberals are in power. Sure. And just to rem- and I said to your screener the last time that we had a terrible economic downturn, it was under a conservative president, not – who was the conservative president? It, it, we, had, we had a big problem in a recession. Didn't we have a bank problem? And yeah, but I'm, who was the cons- – uh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. There was a con- who was the last conservative president? You're talking I, – I don't remember one of those. George Bush, Republican. Uh, well, well, Carl, that's that, listen, I, I, I appreciate your opening, and I, I promise I'll give you the chance to respond. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but – I don't know if it's that you're liberal and you don't you aren't really read in on conservatism. I love George W. Bush. I worked for the man. I would have literally given my life for him. I was a Secret Service agent. I'm not being hyperbolic. Like, I mean it. That was my job. He was a good and decent human being. George W. Bush was not exactly a conservative president. Okay, the spending levels of the government spending was out of control. We had Medicare Part D. I like George W. Bush. There were some great things that happened. The tax cuts package. But I think. Insisting he was a conservative president is a little bit of a stretch. So let, let me just stop you right there. He was more of a moderate Republican establishment type. I think that's a more fair analysis. That's like saying, that's like me coming out and saying to you, hey, Barack Obama was a moderate. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't moderate on any issue at all. And I think you know that. Um, so, so go back to your point. Your point is what? That the economy went south under George W. Bush because of conservatism? Now, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. What conservative ideal, whether it be limited government, limited government spending, limited government intervention in the economy, caused that recession? One word, deregulation. Uh, how, how exactly do you figure that when deregulation or the repeal of Glass-Steagall happened under Bill Clinton? The banks were all deregulated. Well, you're, you're actually right, because I, I, I'm a historian. Yeah, I know I'm right, but, but Carl, the reason I'm right twofold is, number one, the deregulation you're mentioning happened under Bill Clinton, number one. And number two, uh, tell me the commercial banks that went under, because liberals cite this talking point often. They say it was deregulation, and it was the splitting of investment banks from commercial banks. So I always say to them, okay, well, explain to me, what commercial banks went under as a result of the well, recession? Who, who, allowed, who, allowed, who allowed all the problems with the stock market and the mortgage industry and allowing Wait, Carl, no, no, I, I, we can't get past. We, see, then for us, for me and you to have a back and forth, you can't just bypass uncomfortable questions. You said that it was a conservative president that had the last recession. I disputed that. It was a Republican president. Now, I, what I'm trying to suggest to you is the recession was not caused by what you said it was caused by. And I'd like you to acknowledge that the deregulation happened under Clinton. That's just a fact. Well, the, well, the last nail in the coffin, you're right, was under Bill Clinton, and it happened for many years before that. Because what happens is when you have regulations, right, what happens is the, the ensuing administrations, left and right, who are bought and paid for by special interests over the decades, years and decades. Yeah, but, but, but Carl, your point you're making isn't even true. I'm asking you if the deregulation, that commercial bank, the, the, the schism of the commercial and the, uh, the joining of the commercial and the investment banks was the cause of the recession, then what commercial bank? There should be some evidence that a number of commercial banks went under. The answer is you, you can't answer because there, 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 there's no answer to it. 
So I, listen, I can't go on to this all day because it's it's a wonky topic. I don't want to bore the audience to death. I'm just trying to make the point. I appreciate your call. Don't, don't hang up here. I, I think you're a reasonable guy. I just wish that whereas I can criticize some of the, the policies by George W. Bush I thought were wrong, I wish you'd open your eyes too. You can't just throw out something like, oh, deregulation did it. Bush was terrible. And then not follow up at all and present any facts and data. That's totally irresponsible. That's say, not what happened. You say it was it, terrible. You see, what, what happened is under Bush, right, at the very end of his eight years in power, this is when everything fell apart, just prior to Obama being elected. All right. Carl, listen, I got to run. We're up against the break. I'm sorry, but um, listen, thanks for the call. I'm sorry. Folks, that's not what happened. I could go on about this all day. We, we lost because we had, we had a cheap money problem. We had a bunch of GSEs, government-sponsored enterprises, and Fannie and Freddie that incentivized people to buy homes they simply could not afford. That was the genesis of the housing crisis that rippled through the economy. Maturity mismatches. It was, it's a very simple problem to observe looking at it in retrospect and claiming it was a massive deregulatory effort that happened under Clinton. Therefore, the Republicans caused the recession. I'm sorry is just completely, utterly absurd. All right. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. I got to take a break. We'll get to some other callers. I promise you. 877-381-3811. We'll be right Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark. So we've been talking about the lessons, the lessons, the takeaways, what we should have learned from Kavanaugh, the win, dropping an L on the left. Feels good. We took it all. We took everything they had. They fired everything they had downrange. There's nothing but smoke left, and we're still standing. Takeaway number one, you must own the libs. Takeaway number two, there is no appeasing of the left. Number three, the left blew an opportunity. They will never be able to be able to cultivate Kavanaugh now with their law school speeches and all their public accolades. There's no turning him now. He's in life number two. And life number two had some hard lessons. Life number one ended for Kavanaugh on Saturday. He's up. He's the Phoenix now. Rising from the ashes of the Democrat apocalypse, they tried to bring his way. Now he's back. Here's takeaway number four. And I hope the GOP is listening. I'm not talking about you voters out there. I know where you stand. I'm talking about the rule makers, the lawmakers, the elected ones, the bow tie wearers, the foie gras eaters, the cocktail party attenders. You better damn well do the right thing. You let us down before. You finally stood up. And look at it. Look at what happens when you do the right thing. It's a hat tip again. Dan Horowitz has a great uh, piece in Conservative Review today about some takeaways from this. Look at what happens when you don't fold. The conservative base is bigger than you think. Here's been your strategic miscalculation in the past. For some bizarre reason, whether it's living in the elitist media bubbles and hanging out in the corridors of Washington, D.C., New York, and California, I'm not sure what it is. I lived in Maryland. I spent a lot of time in D.C. I'm guessing from my experiences, this is what it is. Whether it's 
Gun control. I use air quotes there because it's really gun confiscation. High taxes or bigger government. You're under the assumption these are mass market appeal items because you hear it every single day in the bubble you live in. And you feel like if you take a stand on these items that, ah, hey, listen, maybe we should cut government spending. We're kind of looking at going bankrupt. When? Like pretty soon? Like maybe in a few years? Oh, we can't do that. We can't cut back a dime of spending. They'll become some constituent group. Where? In D.C., where they pay lobbyists. Those constituent group does not exist in the concentrated force it does in Washington, D.C., anywhere else in the United States. And you're under the assumption that doing the right thing, which is conservative, lower government, uh, fighting for individual liberty at the expense of a bigger, more, uh, more omnipresent government in every aspect of your life, you're assuming that's an unpopular position because you live in the bubble. Don't. Do the right thing. The real conservative base is bigger than you think. It is out there. That base showed up for Donald Trump. They will show up for you. They will get you elected if you do the right thing and stand on some principles. Stand up. Do the right thing. The right thing matters. I'm Dan Mangino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. You want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. As a reminder, Jack Levin. Mark's dad's new book coming out soon, Our Police, which is a beautifully illustrated book. Your kids, your grandkids, celebrating our police officers, the gifts they give to us, putting their their butts on the line every day. Check it out, available for pre-order now, Our Police by Jack Levin. Don't miss out. All right, so I've been going over the lessons learned from Kavanaugh. By the way, the White House is swearing in, ceremonial swearing in. He's uh, already been formally sworn sworn in, excuse me, as happening at the White House right now swearing in i was i'm not gonna say who but one time when i was in my last line of work i was in the back of a car and i heard someone talking about skydiving in the past tense and they said i sco dove i'm not making that up that's not a joke i sco dove 
I'll never forget that. But talking about the rules, the new rules, the new lessons we have to take away after the Kavanaugh hearing. Rule number one, and it went over in the last hour, we must own the libs everywhere. No appeasing the left. Number two, the left can't cultivate Kavanaugh now. They've already cut that off. They've ruthlessly attacked him. By the way, his family just sat down for the swearing-in ceremony to thunderous applause. Yeah, that's what it feels like to stand up in the face of a, of, of a determined, malicious adversary and win and come out on the other side. Rule number four, take away from this, doing the right thing fires up the base, and the base is far bigger than you can imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea how many people in America right now, the conservative base is far larger than you can imagine, far larger, are sitting at home, dads, moms, uncles, basketball coaches, basketball, baseball coaches, grandfathers are sitting there with their grandkids or their children and watching on the couch nightly. They're seeing on their Instagrams and their Twitter and their Facebook, they're seeing these videos of liberals screaming at this. I'm not making this up, screaming at the sky. Remember that one? Clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court, dumping drinks on people's heads, attacking people. What we saw in, uh, in Oregon today, the blocking of the street traffic by Antifa, Antifa, Antifa hitting people with bike chains. They are seeing all of this chaos right now. They are seeing this chaos and Americans all over the country. I'm telling you, take it to the bank are sitting there and looking at their kids and going, hey, Mary, Bobby, Carson, shout out to my friend's kid. That ain't us, buddy. You see that on TV? Yeah, yeah, that that that's not us. But Dad, I, I thought you were Democrats. Uh, you know, we were. But nah, that's not us. Maybe these conservatives aren't crazy. That's not us. We don't hit people with bike chains. We don't steal people's MAGA hats out in public. We don't attack people in public for their political beliefs. They're looking at their kids. Remember that movie, The Crow? What is it? What is Brandon, uh, Brandon Lee before he died? died during that movie, remember? They had thought it was a prop gun. It was a real gun. Yeah, the crow. That was it, the crow with Brandon Lee. And he says at one point to the heroin addicted mother, he looks her in the face, he says, Mother is the word for God on the on the on the tongue of a child. Listen, these kids are looking up to their parents, right? And they're looking at their kids and they're going, No, no, no. No, that ain't us. That's not us. The conservative base is bigger than you think. We are on the right side of this. You know, I made this same argument, not to get off topic here. But about the damage to the NFL brand, I, I, I promise this relates to this, just, just quickly. People have said to me with the NFL, oh, but their ratings are creeping back up. No, they'll, they'll do fine. They'll do fine. Ah, oh, Listen, folks, I'm not here to make this an NFL show that we've done that topic six different ways from Sunday. I'm just here to tell you that I, I personally know of probably 25 to 50 people who have tuned out completely from the NFL and who have made a point to tell their kids, watching people kneeling on television, eh, time's up, we're turning the channel. We're, we're watching the local news, we're not watching that. Why, why, Dad? Why are you changing the channel? Because we don't do that, son. We don't do that. We can disagree with these folks. They're free to speak out, of course. It's a free country. We will vocally vigorously defend their big R, God-given rights to free speech. But we're not going to disrespect our flag. That flag stands for something bigger than them. And if they can't see that, then I can't watch. It's not just the damage now. 
It's the damage generationally to the NFL and moving back now to Kavanaugh. The Democrats are losing it. They don't understand. I'm not giving them tactical advice, folks. I'm telling you what's happening on the ground. So you understand that this is not all lost. People get so down, and I get it on the Republican side, because it seems like we get small victories and the Democrats get large ones. We get a tax cut, Democrats get Obamacare and bigger government spending. It happens over and over. You know, we we get uh, some kind of restriction on partial partial birth abortion, and the Democrats get massive social victories everywhere else. But sometimes you have to sit back and just smile a little bit and realize that we won one this weekend. And not only did we win one, the generational lasting damage the Democrats have done to their party is not going to end with this. Do you really believe to the institutional Democrats, radical leftists and media looney tunes out there who supported this? Do you really believe with a straight face when you're all alone at night? You're all alone at night in your bathroom. You're done brushing your teeth. You've got your hands on the counter and you're looking in the mirror. And it's that moment of honesty before you go to sleep. There's no one else around. When you reflect, do you really believe you helped yourself here? Do you really believe uncontrolled childlike tirades in the Senate chamber, screaming and yelling, massive arrests, screaming in people's faces, ripping people's signs down, in some cases attacking people, In order to get Kavanaugh kept off the court, do you really believe this helped? Do you have any idea how many rational, sane Americans who don't live and breathe politics every day of their lives because they work and they have jobs, J-O-B-S's or J-O-B-S-S if Joe Biden was spelling it? Do you have any idea how many of them sat in front of their televisions and watched your histrionic nonsense and turned to their kids and their spouses and their mother-in-laws and their, their grandparents and said, hey, that ain't us. I'm sorry. But that ain't us. Folks, I was never a Democrat, ever. But growing up, you know, in, in, in New York City and Queens, You know, you have this tendency to kind of, you know, want to understand how liberals see the world. I mean, again, I was never a liberal. I'm, I was an independent most of my life. But what really opened me up to conservatism was a this ain't us moment. And the this ain't us moment for me was when I was a police officer in New York City. And I saw how, again, I'm not suggesting every single time a cop acts as, you know, there are, listen, there are, unfortunately, there are bad cops. Like I'm telling you the overwhelming majority, overwhelming, I worked with were great guys and women who really just gave a damn. They weren't there to get rich. Trust me, there ain't no money in policing. And it ain't is a word in that case. But when I was a cop and I was an independent, you know, again, sometimes, sometimes I'd even kind of see it the liberal way from being surrounded all the time by Democrats. I remember how some cops in use of force incidents who I know did nothing wrong. They acted according to the book, how they were almost viciously and immediately attacked by the media activists out there without even giving them a fair shake. I'm telling you, that was my that ain't us moment. Where I said, something's wrong here. This is this isn't right. I mean, if you can just attack someone, a police officer without even hearing his story. In an unquestionably tragic incident, now all use of force incidents are. No one goes out in the street with the desire to get in a use of force incident. I'm sorry. If you think that's what cops do, you seriously seek professional help. But to see the way they were treated, that was my this ain't us moment.
I'm telling you, Democrats, I'm telling you that this ain't us moment is happening almost daily now with you guys and ladies. Screaming and raving like lunatics, attacking people. I have montages I put together on my show of, of liberals losing their minds. You, well, who do you? Who exactly do you think this appeals to? You are turning off generations of Americans, just like you did back in the 1968 election, as Dan Horowitz again puts in his wonderful piece in Conservative Review today. I'm no Nixon fan. Believe me, Nixon was uh, Nixon was more of a Democrat than he was a Republican, and he was an awful president. I'm sorry. But the Nixon campaign team understood in that late 1960s election that chaos doesn't sell, folks. Chaos is not a brand. Chaos is chaos. Why the liberals think that instilling a sense of of chaos and insecurity and societal fray and tearing at the threads of society, why they think this is going to sell on a mass scale necessary somehow to implement their legislative big government agenda is is insane. It is just cr- what makes you think that? What is leading you down this road? Who has taught you that 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 that, that psychopathology insanity sells? Where did you learn that? Saul Alinsky? The rules for radicals? Is that where you learn that? Because I'm telling you, people who have jobs, who work for a living, people who live in Heartland America, people down here where I live in Martin County, Florida, they're peaceful, liberty-loving people who just want to be left the hell alone. They don't want to see videos of you attacking people, spitting on people, screaming like lunatics. You think this sells to them? I want... I know I got to take a break. Just give me like 30 seconds here, right? I do this kind of sociology study in my gym. (laughs) Informal, of course. Whenever I'm on this elliptical thing and warming up, I watch people watching the monitors. And whenever a scene comes up on Fox of some of these people screaming and yelling, I watch their response. They either look away or they shake their heads. Every time. Chaos isn't a brand, folks. Chaos is a big red flashing warning sign. Now it's your turn in November to vote against chaos and vote against this nonsense. There is absolutely no excuse for you not to show up in November. You have none. None. You must show up. The do matters. The talk is cheap and irrelevant. You must show up. I already voted. You don't like early voting? I don't care. I don't like it either. I wish we'd vote on election day. This is not the time for that fight. Some of you could, God forbid, something could happen. Get your vote in now. Get your vote. This is not a time to make a stand against early voting. Montana, West Virginia, Michigan. We got a good, interesting guy up in Rhode Island just put out a funny ad. This guy Flanders running against uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, the, the gas bag. We got candidates all over. Kramer, show up. Rick Scott here in Florida, vote for you. Gotta vote. No excuses. All right, folks, I'll be right back. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Stay Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark. 
Uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I appreciate the opportunity Mark's given me to uh, also promote my new book. Comes out tonight, officially tomorrow morning, but it's out. Uh, my new book is Spygate. It is a deep, detailed, deep dive of the uh, disgusting attempt to sabotage the Trump team. You will come out of it, I promise you, with things you haven't heard before. And uh, like I said, one of the things it covers in the book is the motive. Ah, I know you get it, the motive. You're like, whatever, Obama, they didn't like Trump. It's Trust me when I tell you it's far, far deeper than that. We cover a lot of new territory in the book. And one of the benefits of the book is it is footnoted using liberal media outlets. <laughs> I'm not kidding. CNN, The Washington Post, the footnotes are everywhere. And you'll see that it was the left-wing media that played a role in this. They believed this thing was real. They promoted this whole collusion fairy tale. We have it extensively footnoted because they really thought it happened. And then when it didn't, they were like, oh, what do we do now? We can't delete those articles. There is no collusion. Read the book. It reads like a spy novel. You won't be able to put it down. I really appreciate it. Thanks for Mark for letting me uh, come on and talk about it. Again, it's called Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump by me, Dan Bongino, Denise McAllister, Matt Palumbo. Um, it is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores all over. So I deeply appreciate it if you would consider picking up a copy. So thank you very much. All right, getting back to this. Kavanaugh. I've been going through all the rules. The last rule we learned from this is chaos doesn't sell. Chaos creates a bunch of that ain't us moments. And that ain't us moments are when parents and kids sit on their couches and look at the chaos on the TV and say to their kids, that ain't us. We don't do that, Johnny. We don't attack people's cars like you saw in Oregon today by Antifa. We don't do that. Chaos doesn't sell. The Democrats are destroying whatever brand they have left because they're marrying themselves to chaos. Chaos doesn't sell. Chaos is for chumps. All right, let me take a call here. I miss this woman. I haven't spoken to her in forever. Donna, in my old stomping grounds of Frederick, Maryland, can I assume you are listening on the great legendary WMAL? Yes, I am, Dan, and it is so great to speak with you How again. the heck are you? I haven't spoken to you in probably two years. I know, and I pay attention to you. I, I love reading the links that you send to me. You're oh, fantastic, you. and I thank you, and I can't wait to read Spygate. I'm oh, like, it's, it's <laughs> oh, on my debate. I did not pay you to say that, right? <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. And I, I just want to say one of the big takeaways yeah. for me was, you know, I think a lot of people were not really as aware of how dangerous the radical left has become. And the masks went off, so we got to see it in real time. Donna, I, I love, can I just stop you for a second? Because I love, love, love the point you just made. You've seen me on Fox a couple of times, I assume. I made this oh, point yeah. on Fox repeatedly. That the gift of Donald Trump, the greatest gift he's given us as conservatives, has been his ability to make the left show their butts to everyone else. You just nailed it. You and I, Donna, I've been talking to you forever when I used to host at MAL, and I know who you are. You are read into this program six different ways from Sunday. Donna from Frederick, always, am I right? You always knew who the left was, and we did too. Oh, yeah. But people who work for a living, who don't do talk radio content all day, like it's what I do now, my job. They have jobs. They don't have time to pay attention to these people. Donald Trump has outed these people. That is a great. Can I just tell you too, one more thing? There's a great piece at the American Thinker today. Forgive me. I can't remember the author, Donna, but it hits on your exact point. 
and it's the Democrats and Kaiser Sose. And it makes the point that the greatest trick uh, the Democrats ever pulled was making people believe that the evil embedded in their radical left agenda didn't exist, just like Kaiser Sose. It's a great piece. Don, I got to run. Always great to talk to you. Sorry, uh, I got to take a break. I'm Dan Bongino, Infomarket. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The Mark LeVin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Yes, yes, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter, in for the great one. So I've been talking about the lessons learned from the Kavanaugh win, dropping the big L on the left. He just had his uh, the formal swearing-in ceremony, although he's already been sworn in at the White House. Came into thunderous applause. Gosh, winning feels good. And I've been giving you the lessons learned from this. We're up to rule number, or, or lesson learned, I should say. I keep saying rule. Less, because I'm so used to saying old rules, new rules. That's kind of my thing, for those of you who know me from my show. <laughs> but this is lesson learned. Lesson learned number six. Democrats are now trashing ju- uh, judicial supremacy. Again, hat tip Dan Horowitz has a great piece on this at Conservative Review today. Folks, this is not a bad thing. Now, all of a sudden, the Democrats that they have lost their bid to take over the majority on the Supreme Court. They thought they'd have a 6-3 majority with a President Hillary Clinton right now. Ah, sorry, didn't quite work out that way. Now that it is a 5-4 conservative majority and the swing vote is now John Roberts rather than Anthony Kennedy who is a, I believe, more reliable conservative vote, I hope, in the future. The liberals are now attacking the courts. Now, listen, attacking an institution in the United States because you lost is not a good thing. But Horowitz makes a really good point here. Folks, liberals for years have had a really hard time doing one thing. They can't seem to get a national mandate for any of their hard left proposals to pass through. Think about it. Now, I'm not saying they haven't had big wins. They had. They've had the stimulus, Obamacare. Let's not put our head in the sand to pretend that didn't happen. But the big ticket items, the liberals, abortion on demand, uh, you know, uh, basic income, Medicare for all. These are big ticket 
big, monstrous platinum and gold winning items for the liberals. They have no national mandate for. They wanted a national mandate for gay marriage, wherever you stand on it. They couldn't get it. States were knocking it down. They were putting it on referendum. They were losing. Liberals as a backstop have always relied on the courts and legislators in black robes who pretend to be judges to pass those items. Why? It's very simple when you think about it. It is a very simple mathematical equation. Do you want to have to convince 100 million Americans in a presidential election to vote for your candidate along with your House of Representative members and your Senate members? Or do you want to convince one or two judges in a black robe who consider themselves swing voters to do it for you? The answer is obvious. They have always relied on the courts because it's easier. Just get a bunch of liberals pretending to be judges on the courts who choose to legislate from the bench, and you don't have to do the hard work of knocking on doors, getting elected, and telling people why you think government controlling their health care when they can't even run the damn DOV, uh, DMV, excuse me, or whatever the DOV is, they can't run that either. They, they Convincing them that that's good for them, you can't. There is no popular mandate for it. So now that that avenue to the Supreme Court has been cut off for them, they're starting to... Now, I want you to screenshot all of their tweets when you're out there on Twitter. Them saying, the Supreme Court, it's not legitimate. Screenshot all of this. Because there may, unfortunately, become a time when they take back a majority on the Supreme Court. And I want you to fire all those screenshots back at them on Twitter. Hey, look at this. Remember when you said judicial supremacy in the Supreme Court didn't matter? Now, it's not going to matter. You're not going to change your mind. These people don't stand for anything. It's not like there's actual principles. Their principle is power. They worship the golden calf of government. That is what they do. Their national pastime is genuflecting before the altar of big government. Whatever means they have to use to get there doesn't matter. But another lesson learned from this is if the Democrats are going to attack judicial supremacy, we as Republicans should say, hey, there's no need to make this personal. The courts do have a constitutional role. But you know what, Libs? You don't think the courts should be deciding things? Yes! Welcome to the party, pal, as Bruce Willis said in Die Hard. Come on in! BYOB! Bring it! You're welcome. We don't believe that either. We believe in a constitutional republic to do the hard work of legislating. You have to elect representatives in a representative democracy that are going to go vote for our values. The fact that you can't do that, Lib, sounds a whole lot like your problem, not ours. We haven't had any problem getting tax cuts passed through because we believe in economic liberty. We've had a lot of problems slowing down the growth of government, but we've had some victories, not a lot, but some. And it's been hard work and people have to take votes, but they don't want to take votes. Liberals, they want to pass it all off on the courts. Why do they not want to take votes? Because, ladies and gentlemen, think about this, right? Why do liberal elected representatives, whether they're in the House of Representatives or the United States Senate, why do they not want to actually take votes and pass off all the hard stuff, abortion, gay marriage onto the courts? Why? Because, folks, where do you think? taking a liberal vote 
on a national gay marriage referendum or abortion referendum, no matter where you stand, where do you think that would have, do you think in, in, in heartland America that there's overwhelming popular opinion for abortion on demand out there across the heartland of America outside of, say, uh, Illinois, Maryland, New York, and California? I would venture to say probably not. But there are representatives and U.S. senators out there. They don't want to take those votes. They're afraid of those votes. They want to pass those votes off onto the courts. And now that judicial avenue to legislate from the bench, at least at the Supreme Court level, and it's turning at the circuits and the district courts as well, you're starting to see the judicial avenue for legislation, which was never in the Constitution, cut off. You want to trash judicial supremacy now, now that you lost? Fine. Like I said, welcome to the party, man. B-Y-O-B. We'll take it. That's not how it was ever supposed to work. It's your fault. You're the ones that did this. You're the ones that wanted black robe legislators to legislate from the bench, not us. All right, I got another one. This is my seventh rule. Seven, I keep saying rule. <laughs> Some of you are probably getting it right now. That's a mistake. Seven, takeaway, lesson learned from this Kavanaugh confirmation. You know what? But let me take a call before I get to this because he's been holding a while. Let's take uh, let's take Jim. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that on you, but he's been holding for a while. Jim in New Jersey. Jim, what do you got for us? Hey, Dan, I'm a huge fan. I listen to your podcast every day. You and oh, Joe Amacost, great, great show. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Listen, I know I know Mark is the great one, but hopefully one day the baton will be passed to you. Mark is a legend. I, I'd say that I, I you know, let me tell you something too. I, Mark is a very humble guy. And any up you you opened it up, so I'm gonna give you, you know, because Mark hates right. when you talk about him. But Jim, you have not been led astray. Mark off the air is as great a guy as he is on the air. And he hates it when you talk about him too. But he is. He is the most one of the most loyal friends I've ever had. I love him. He's a good man. He is the great one. And you know what? I'm honored, but I'm telling you right now, when Mark decides to hang up his cleats, whenever that may be, there will be no replacement. I'm honored you like my stuff, but um I will always take a silver medal to Mark. But go ahead. I was very nice to you. I appreciate your compliment. Yeah, no problem, man. And listen, you deserve it. So listen, this is my thought process. It does feel good to win. You know, it does feel good to win. But here's the thing is that, you know, a lot of people I talk to, we, we, we all don't trust the GOP. If you see, Dan, there's a pattern here. The two yeah. Supreme Court justices, that's the only one that they stood up for because that's what they wanted. Everything else, they stood against Trump. Because listen, if there was a real swamp and he was draining that real swamp, there would be as many Republicans at the bottom facing up, looking up out of the mud as there was Democrats. There's only a handful of Republicans that are conservative and on his agenda. They don't want him to, to succeed because he disrupts their the money, the money flow for the relatives, for the kids, for the grandkids. Do you think that McConnell wants this China stuff? You don't think it's affecting his wife's families, businesses. I mean, this is a this is a fight that it's I'll be honest with you. We're going to know when we see in the midterms whether or not the Republicans come out the way the Democratic machine comes out with buses and knocks on doors and has commercials on TV. I'm afraid that they're not going to do that, Dan. 
Well, Jim, uh, I don't I don't know about his wife's businesses, so I'm going to take a pass on that one. But I want to address some of the things you said. Okay, one, you're right about a lot of people not trusting the GOP. And I am certainly and I know Mark as well. We are not. We never fall on that. I'm a conservative. I am a registered Republican, but I'm a conservative. And when the GOP abandons our principles, it is you are absolutely right. It is time for us to go get out there and get our activist friends and post on their Facebook pages and call their offices and say, fellas, ladies, like on Obamacare. Remember, it was McCain, God rest the man's soul, but it was McCain who sunk Obamacare. We had the votes. He did the thumbs down. It is up to us to hold them to account. You're right. But having said that, Jim, and I believe me, brother, I get your frustration. I am with you. You and I will never worship golden calf politicians. I don't give a damn if you put an R in front of your name. You don't vote our way in a primary. You're never getting my vote again. End the story. Period. Full stop. I'm with you, brother. Exactly. I'm just telling you that we live in a world of fallible human beings. I'm not your preacher or nothing like that. I'm just saying we're all sinners. The GOP has screwed up immensely on government spending. They cannot get their heads out of their collective butts and cut spending. I don't get it. We're walking into bankruptcy. But given a binary choice right now, and that's what it is. Listen, I love it. I, I'm I Really, I'm a libertarian in my soul, and I love the party, and I love that they fight. But right now, it is a binary choice, and your binary choice is real. Your binary choice is this, a party of police state tyrants right now up on the hill. I'm talking about the Hill Democrats. I'm not talking about the rank and file voters out there. I'm talking about the Hill Democrats. You're talking about a bunch of police state tyrants who did this spygate disaster, who spied on the president, who tried to take down Kavanaugh, who are trying to take your money, take your business, take your health care, take your kids' education. Your choice right now is between that and Republicans who... Maybe 60% of the time are with you. That choice to me is an obvious one. But having said that, you find a good independent or libertarian out there who we think can win. Hey, man, let's get behind them. Let's keep these people honest in a primary. I have I wrote entire pieces about this. Who knows? Maybe there will be part time for a third party in the future if they don't get their act together. I'm just saying, Jim, the options here are between bad and absolutely cataclysmically, cosmically horrific with the Democrats. <laughs> Does that make sense? And that's why it is so important for us to go out there and vote. We cannot. The other option is terrible. It's like someone saying, hey, listen, man, um, you're going to die in a heart attack of 80 years, or I'm going to cut your head off with a chainsaw right now. You're going to die either way. So what do you think? Uh, the answer is obvious. The Democrats are terrible. They are awful. They, they after what they pulled in Spygate and on Kavanaugh, the answer here is obvious. I'm not I, I agree with you, Dan. You don't have off, to but, sell it to me. Yeah. You don't have to sell it to me. One hundred percent, I'm going to be out there. Anybody I speak to, I'm going to be out with, out there with the ten, ten, and ten that you say on your podcast. The problem is, I don't think the GLP is going to be out there to try and get the independent votes and turn some of the Democrats. You know what? One more thing, though, Jim, because I got to take a break. 10, 10, 10, folks, those you don't know what that means. Email 10 of your friends, call 10 of your friends, Facebook and, and tweet to 10 of your friends, and make sure they get the heck out there and they vote. That's, the, that's your job. You have to go out and do that. But, Jim, just remember this. The more Republicans we can get elected, I, again, I know they're not the answer to all our problems, but I know our problem is the Democrats, right? 
if the more we get elected, we can afford to lose a few rhinos and still hold the conservative majority. The problem with this slim lead we have now in the Senate is we have to collectively kiss the butts of unreliable people. And we can't do that in the Senate. We have to be able to let a few rhinos go and still hold on to the conservatives. I thank great call, Jim. Unfortunately, I got to take a break. Um, I'm running up against time, but folks, it's important. It's a pivotal election. Get out and vote. Bring ten friends. Again, it's not always a choice between good and bad. Sometimes it's a choice between eh and really bad. And this is one of those times. Get out and vote. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark. We're talking about the lessons learned in the Kavanaugh win. I got the last one for you. Oh, yeah. We need Macho, we need the Macho Man sound effect right now. Oh, yeah. Remember Randy Macho Man? He used to love that. Oh, I love that. It was the greatest thing ever. When I was a kid growing up, that was just epic. Elizabeth, come on over here, Elizabeth. He died, you know. I think his brother was a wrestler, too. His brother, I think, was um, you a wrestling guy. I think it was uh, Lanny Poffo, I think, was his brother. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I could be crazy. But I swear I read that somewhere. Yeah. It, <laughs> of course, Mr. Producer knows that leaping Lanny. I think they were brothers. You got to look that up during the break because I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But yeah, Randy Savage. But winning feels good. So here's the final takeaway from this. The final takeaway, unfortunately, I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a macabre note here. This is not necessarily a good one. Folks, the liberals think they were screwed. Bad. They weren't, but they convinced. Listen, we handle things by the numbers. The liberals love chaos. We don't. We love the Constitution, law, order, and the Republic. But liberals legitimately legitimately believe they were screwed over. Now, why does that matter to you? And why would I say that as a lesson learned? Because, folks, they are not done. Now, why do they believe they were screwed? They still believe the Merrick Garland appointment, uh, excuse me, the uh, nomination. They believe the Merrick Garland nomination uh, was theirs, that that seat belongs to Merrick Garland. At a minimum, that seat belongs to a Democrat appointee, although... Let's be crystal clear on this for all the liberals who are confused about what happened there. The uh, Mitch McConnell was simply following a precedent already laid down by both Schumer and uh, Joe Biden himself when he was in the Senate in his early days. And that in the last year of a presidency, the Republicans had won the Senate. They had the Senate. They uh, owned control of the Senate. The Democrats didn't want George W. Bush or a Republican president, George H.W. Bush at the time, when uh, Joe Biden gave the speech to nominate someone in the in the year of a a presidential election because they felt that the public should vote on the president and the president should be able to pick someone. They feel like they were screwed. They weren't. We won. Winning feels good. But I say that because they're coming back. They're not finished. Don't think for a second they're going to take any of this lying down. I'm Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter. And for Mark, 877-381-3811 if you want to give us a call. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels.
walls of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. <laughs> During the break, I was wolfing down a piece of chicken. I'm always eating. I can't. I just can't stop. My metabolism burns like jet fuel, even at uh, 43 years old. I'm constantly stuffing my craw with food. Did you guys hear me during the break chewing away? <laughs> you did. You're probably like, dude, that is the worst sound ever. Of course, I'm not doing that now on the air. But hey, break the fourth wall. This was actually my daughter's turkey sandwich. She got half of a turkey sandwich. She didn't want to finish the rest. And I'm hungry. I've been at it all day. I love Mark show. I love doing Mark show. But I'm like, hey, you think I can wolf that down? They're listening in the kitchen. But, you know, it's a delay, so they don't hear. So when I walked out to go take uh, get some food, I was actually still talking on the radio because of the delay. But it's a pretty good uh, turkey sandwich, I got to say. All right, so the first hour of the show, actually first two hours of the show, we covered the most important topic of the day. The lessons learned from Kavanaugh. We have to continue to win. There is no appeasing the left. Forget it. It's over. They are not giving you any morality points, any brownie points, any poker chits. It isn't happening. The left is not interested. It's not. It's like Fetch, right? Wasn't it Mean Girls Day last week or something? Remember Fetch? Fetch is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. It doesn't matter how many times you kiss the butts of the media types. You vote with the left if you're a Republican. The minute they need you and you abandon them and vote conservative, it's over for you. We need to move on. We need to marshal our forces. And we need to realize that the left is at a historic moment of weakness here. Historic. They have nothing. Nothing. They don't have the White House. They don't have the House of Representatives. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the Supreme Court. They still have some leans and some circuits. Uh, leaning liberal. The ninth, of course, where they're heavily liberal. They've still got some governorships. Obviously, they still have control of some of the bigger states, California and New York. But the historic ebb in liberal power is due to you getting out there, voting, being an activist at heart, and fighting for what you believe in, and that absolutely has to continue. There is no moment for rest here. We must own the libs every day. The new rules are we win and they lose, and those new rules are implemented daily in your lives. They should be. This is a serious fight against serious people who are not kidding around. You've seen how they respond to this kind of stuff. The hysteria this weekend was insane. Clawing at the Supreme Court door. That actually happened. All right, I want to move on to something different now. As I said in the last hour, I have a new book out. I've been covering the Spygate debacle for a long time, but there were some major breaks in the case this weekend as well. I don't know if you missed them, but... Maria Bartiromo has a pretty cool show, uh, show on Fox, uh, along with uh, Mark's show that airs at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. He had a good one this week. It was Joe Concha and uh, Molly Hemingway. Very good. If you haven't seen it, you have it on DVR. Make sure you check it out. 
But Maria Bartiromo's show on the weekend, um, she has Devin Nunes in quite a bit. And Nunes on the weekend typically drops like a tier one level nuclear bomb on everyone. I'm not even kidding. The information that comes out on the show is just amazing, especially if you've been following this case, this debacle, this whole Spygate, Russiagate nonsense uh, that they tried to pull on the Donald Trump team, trying to pin a collusion, fake fairy tale on him and spying on him as a result. And this weekend, Nunes was talking with Maria Bartiromo, and he came out and dropped this little nugget. He said that in a closed-door session, a lawyer working with the DNC was apparently feeding information to the top levels of the FBI. This information, according to what happened, was this, according to what they say happened to people who were in the room, was disclosed by James Baker, who was a senior level legal counsel guy in the FBI. He was not a field office guy. This is a headquarters level, high level guy. Nunes drops this bomb this weekend that before the FISA was even launched, this guy, Sussman, working with a Democrat legal law firm, work doing work for the DNC and Hillary, was shuffling information to this guy according to Baker's testimony. Folks, this may seem like a little thing, but do you understand? It's is not. This is the whole essence of this debacle summed up in one ridiculous, sordid uh, quote there by Nunes about them. This guy... Let me just explain it because I get excited talking about this sometimes because it's such a disaster. And I think having been a federal agent, I don't mean this hyperbolically or anything like that. I Having been a federal agent and, again, having arrested people and watching what happens and even with bad guys, if you have an ounce of soul in you, sometimes you – even though they've done some bad stuff, when you you know you watch what happens, you arrest them and you see the – you know, the kid comes out of the room and you're like, oh, man, I just have this sensitivity to the abuse of government power, having had it at one point. And watching what happened and all of the flashing red lights that were blown through by the Democrats and the Obama administration, the spy on the Trump team, disturbs me. Think about what we're saying here. Nunes came out on Bartiromo's show this weekend and said that a political for a law firm hired by a political campaign was feeding information not to a field office, not to a low level FBI guy, to a senior level attorney in the Federal Bureau of Investigation for the explicit purpose of spying on a presidential candidate. Folks, the Spygate disaster is really three sub scandals, right? It's the information superhighway. I'll get to that. It's the spying scandal, the coordinated effort to actually use intelligence assets to spy on a political campaign. And it's the setup. There are actually three sub-scandals in this entire debacle. This collusion fabrication. The part I'm referencing now, Nunes on Maria Bartiromo's show, is the information superhighway. That's what I call it. The information superhighway was an effort by Democrat Party operatives, their paid contractors, whether they be law firms or opposition researchers, was an effort by them to shuttle negative information about Trump and his team. Information, most of it that turned out later on to be completely false. 
It was the effort to get that information into the bloodstream of the Department of Justice and the FBI through IV while bypassing the mouth. They weren't going to feed it to him because then it would have to go through the GI tract. And if it was poison, the stomach has ways of dealing with that. They wanted this main line right into the bloodstream. They needed to bypass all of those body protections that the DOJ and the FBI have. The vetting of information, the Woods procedure where they vet information through multiple channels, the vetting of sources, the, uh, you know, credibility checks. Ah, listen, you're telling us this stuff, but this is a political opponent of yours. Like you, this is political oppo research, right? They wanted to bypass all of that. The information superhighway was a way to do this. The way to do it was to go right to the top of the FBI and not to the field office guys. The guys actually doing the hard work, investigating the kidnappings across state lines, the bank robberies, the terrorism cases. They didn't bring their information to them. They brought their information to the top level guys, the suits who they knew were politicians before they were cops. And they bypassed all of those legal protections. They did it into the FBI through what Nunez revealed this weekend. By shuttling this oppo to a lawyer right into the top levels of the FBI. How did they do it in the DOJ? The information superhighway was obvious in the DOJ. They mainlined it right to Bruce Orr, who was the number four official in the DOJ, who was actually meeting with Christopher Steele, who was paid to do this. What what Nunes revealed this weekend was a pivotal key piece of information. What makes this even more devastating and more profound? Because I get it. I totally understand where the libs are going to go with this. So what? A a guy had information. Uh, People pass information all the time. No, no, no. That's not the way that works. They'll typically pass it to a field office that will investigate. They'll vet the information. They'll go into a court of law. There'll be a grand jury. At some point, there will be some adversarial hearing, either at some initial appearance later on or a trial. That's not what they did. They walked into a FISA court where there was no ability for the Trump team to defend themselves at all. They brought information that was paid for by the Democrats and, and, and the real kicker here. The Bureau lied about it. Jim Comey and others insisted that they didn't know where a lot of this information was coming from. They didn't understand the political origins of it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly a lie, a fabrication at this point. That is clearly made up. They were meeting with a lawyer who was being paid by the DNC. It was a fabrication. It was made up. It was nonsense. Why would the Bureau lie about it, these upper-level managers, if they had nothing to hide? This is, I, I mean, this answers, this question answers itself. The information superhighway. It was an effort to bypass all of these protections, folks. This case is disgusting. It is a grotesque abuse of power. When all the information comes out, you're going to look at this. You're going to read this. I have this stuff in my book. And you're going to sit there and say to yourself, how the heck did this happen in the United States of America? The key now is to not let it happen again. All right, I got more on this on the other side of the break. 877-381-3811. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino, Info Mark Levin. We'll be right back.
Mark Levin Show, Dan Bongino, in for the great one. So I was talking before the break about how this Spygate story is just exploding. This weekend, another you know bombshell appearance by Devin Nunes on the Maria Bartiromo Show, where he reveals what the information superhighway angle into the FBI was. How they shuttled information and mainlined it right into the FBI. Right into the FBI without bypassing all the usual channels. Folks, listen. Let me just give you my experience and why this is so dangerous when I was a federal agent, why this matters so much. When, when I was running uh, fraud cases in the New York office, uh, in the Melville office in New York, when I was with the Secret Service, if it was a small T-check case, remember Treasury checks, most, a lot of people still get them. Your tax refund, you'll get a Treasury check. We call them T-check cases. What would happen a lot with these, it, they were really boring cases, to be candid with you. But these T-check cases would be, say you were getting a tax refund and, you know, it's May and you're not, you don't get your check. And they would call and the IRS would say, well, we mailed it three weeks ago. Well, what do you think happened, folks? They got stolen. They, they, the check got stolen. Someone signed it and stole it. That's simple as that. It's not complicated. We hated those cases. Why do I tell you any of this? Because once in a while, if the case wasn't worked at a quick enough speed... A constituent would call the congressperson, and the congressperson would call the Secret Service office. Hey, this is Congressman whatever, Joey Bag of Donuts. Uh, my constituent didn't get her tax refund. She believes the check was stolen, and it's been a couple months. What are you guys doing? You know, my, the boss would hand that thing would get an extra level of scrutiny. It would be sure it was handled. We, the boss. I'm just, listen, I, I know I, I hate to make it out like there's a bourgeois class and a proletariat, but really, sometimes, sadly, these connections matter. I wish they didn't. I wish everybody was treated equally. I'm not here to lie to you, though. I'm here to give you the truth. Those cases would get handled by the book because, they, you know, it was the congressman calling. They had to take care of it. But they would always be by the numbers. What's so deeply disturbing about his Spygate case is the guy was running for president of the United States, Donald Trump, President of the United States, and instead of handling it by the book, hey, we're going to look at this information, where it came from. We're going to run down all of these leads. We're going to make sure these leads are legitimate in this dossier before we do any of this. It's going to be by the book. It's going to be documented. They did the exact opposite. They took the book. They ripped out the pages. They used it as toilet paper. They broke their own rules in their own dialogue, their investigative guide. They broke their own rules for verifying information in the Woods procedure. They crapped all over due process. They made no effort to handle this thing by the books at all. Now do you see, as being a former Fed myself, why this case really mm, uh, say something uh, upsets the hell out of me? Because I actually did this kind of stuff. Not, uh, not spying on presidents. But it's really, really irritating that the consequences that were at, that were, that were at stake were so enormous. And for a treasury check case, we dotted the I's and crossed the T's. You guys didn't do it while spying on the president of the United States? Uh, uh, is this, uh, what planet do we live on? This is crazy. 
All right, let me take a call. 877-381-3811 if you want to join the show. Tom, in Cape Coral, Florida, an area I know very, very well. How are you, Tom? Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir, Dan. Thank you for taking my call. My wife and I voted for you. Oh, thanks, brother. Uh, You know, 50,000 more, we would have won. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Listen, politics is a rough business. But, hey, listen, when you win, you win. When you lose, you take it like a man and you move on. So I appreciate you. I was trying, man. I was trying. I was telling everybody. Watch, watch, watch. There he is right there. He's on park. There he is. That's him. He's he's good. Anyway, um, before I get to my main question I have about the Pfizer warrant, um, you're one of the best. Wow, thank you, brother. Filling in for Dan. I, I, I really enjoy you. Well, thank you. It's a tough, when, you get, when a guy's called the great one, it's tough to fill in for him, you know, but I, I appreciate it. I, I understand that. And he's got hey, I only got a minute left, got, though, so you got to squeeze okay. your question in here. I live on a road of ham and eggers, we call them, and on Friday night, uh, we blast God bless America at 9 o'clock. It starts our weekend. Is there mm-hmm. any way that you can do that when you fill in? No, that's a that is a Mark Levin special. Uh, that that is for. I uh, listen. I love it. I love it when he. But that is Mark's. You know, it's funny, I, I, Tom. I got to let you go. Unfortunately, I'm up against a break. I, I promise. I'll, I know your question. I'll answer it after the break with the FISA. But I get that question a lot when you fill in on Friday. Mister Producer was in my ear right away. Nope, no. Nope, right. That is Mark's thing. Mark loves that. He loves this country. But that is Mark's signature thing. And he, for as much as he loves it on Friday nights, that is um, that is Mark's thing. That is the one question I get more than anything about filling in here. I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I'm Dan Bongino. We'll be right back. America's Constitutional Convention, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one, 877-381-3811. If you want to join the show, at the Bongino on Twitter. If you want to uh, tweet, compliment, criticize, whatever you got, I take them all. So I had Tom on before the break from Cape Coral, Florida. As someone told me, called it once, uh, Cape Corral, Florida. <laughs> Cape Coral, Florida. I get it. I'm just saying. I thought it was funny. Um, he was going to ask about the FISA declassification. Unfortunately, we're up against a break. But if, when is it going to happen? The full declassification, which Trump already ordered and then dialed it back a bit. Folks, I don't have any easy answer for it, uh, for that question for you. I just know the information um, is going to be absolutely devastating. Um, I know that because the Democrats are not calling for the declassification of the FISA. And when the Democrats are trying to hide something, it typically means that it's going to expose the entire scandal. And again, having put a, two years of research into this book, uh, I take that back, but I, I don't want to say two years. It wasn't two years, about a year of research into this book. I'm pretty sure it's going to get ugly really fast. And I think what it's going to expose is that information superhighway I told you about. The bypassing of traditional channels to get information to the upper levels of the FBI where people with political connections would act politically and not in a law enforcement manner. That is ultimately the big scandal here. Now, I told you we'd get a, I had a few conservative callers. Let's hear from the other side of the aisle, from Baltimore, Maryland. We have Mike making an appearance on the show. Mike, what do you got for us? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Listen, I just want to let you know, I never call into radio shows. Okay. And uh, when you were on the ballot, 
in Maryland. I didn't really know your name. And then I started seeing you on Fox News, and I was like, this guy is a bomb. Then I get in my car tonight, and I hear this voice that sounds familiar, and I'm like, oh, my God, who is this? And then it turns out it's you. So I had to sort of fib to get on the air with you because I just wanted to tell you how awesome I think you are. (laughs) Um, Mr. Call Screener, look at this guy. (laughs) He got. Let me tell you something, Mike. That is that's a clever take. Mr. Call Screen is one of the finest on the planet. That is very nice. I accept your compliment. But you're supposed to be arguing with me here as a liberal. Just play. Oh, do me a favor, Mike. Let's play a little game here for a second. I love you to death. Thanks for the compliment. Mr. Call Screener forgives you. I promise. Uh, I know you're a big Mark Levin fan, too. Just play a liberal for a second. What you were going to say, right? Here's what it says on the call screen. So I want you to just act like, I know it's hard, you're a rational guy, but I want you to act like an irrational maniac for a minute. So you were going to say, it's ridiculous that we have Brett Kavanaugh on the bench. Too many allegations. We don't need any doubts behind this guy. This is terrible. This wasn't a criminal court trial. This was a job interview. Right, Mike? Isn't that what you were going to say, wink and a nod? That's that's how I got on the air. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let me I'm not obviously not arguing with you. I know you making that up, but let's just say we were. It isn't a job interview, which you well know, Mike. This due process applies everywhere. This was not a job interview in the traditional sense. What job interview? I can't believe I'm arguing with a guy who's a conservative who pretended to be a liberal. But what job interview anywhere in the world are you allowed to present 12 years of work-related experience like Kavanaugh did sitting on the D.C. circuit courts? All of these opinions, right? And then someone at the last minute says you're a gang rapist, produces no evidence that that's actually true, tells it to a creepy porn lawyer, and all of a sudden the job goes out the window. The answer is nowhere. So it's complete, total nonsense. But, Mike, thank you for the call. Thank you for the compliment. Thank you for playing fake liberal for a minute. I really he missed a call screener, man. He got you, buddy. That never happens. You are like you are the you're like the human polygraph test of talk radio. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is tough though sometimes to get this is Mark's show is one of the most popular radio programs in the country, and sometimes it is hard. All right, let me take another call. Let's take uh, who do we got up there? Who do you think is good? We got at the end. Yeah, all right. Let's go to Matthew in California. I love California. By the way, I'm headed out there soon to Politicon, if any of you are going out there. So stop by and say hello. Matthew, what do you got for us? Hey, what's going on, man? I want to play angry blue-collar worker who goes to work every day and watches the elitists get away with criminal bullcrap. Yeah, that's a that listen, man. Go ahead, knock that one out because I'd love to hear from you. I love people who work for a living. So you got me. When, what do you got? Yeah, when is it gonna happen when the elitists and the Republicans come together to put in an actual investigation into the Clinton Foundation, Uranium One, to see them selling off 20% of hardworking Americans' uranium across the country, selling that away forever for $150 million to their foundation. When is that investigation going to start? When is she going to be put under the microscope? And when are people going to actually fight back against these Democrats who are the biggest hypocrites that i've seen in the last 20 years and i'm only 31 years old but it fires all of us up especially the blue collar workers i work with every day over at the refinery we work our butts off for our taxes to get taken away to help support everybody else who doesn't work for a living well let me let me get angry about it matthew uh first can i call you matt is is, do you go by yeah well matt let me just hit a few things there first i want to 
Sincerely, thank you. I grew up in a blue-collar family. My father was a plumber. My brother's an electrician. My brother, was, my other brother is a Secret Service agent with me. I was a cop and a Secret Service agent. Um, I didn't see my first uh, six-figure salary till I was well into my uh, deep 30s in my life and was working my butt off for it, too. Um, I, you know, we used to eat bologna sandwiches for dinner growing up a lot, so... I'm with you, brother. And I remember a guest hosting at a radio station, WMAL. I tell this story a lot. And I drive in in the morning and I would see these truckers on the road and sleep, you know, because it was a morning show. So I'd be on the road at like two thirty, three o'clock and sleeping, thinking, gosh, these guys got a tough job. These women out there and these guys that do this, they work hard for a living. I mean, I was a grave digger growing up. And to all you steam fitters, tin knockers, carpenters, electricians, you know, you people out there who bust your butts, the grave diggers out there. I was a grave. There's a union for grave diggers, too. God bless you, man. And God bless you for pe- for working for a living. And I mean this to the guys in the refinery, too. You're the ones that literally make America work. God bless you. I sense your frustration, brother. I do. Um, I have family members who are lifelong Democrats, who are union members, who voted for Donald Trump. It's the first Republican they ever pulled the lever for. And their frustration is your frustration. They are asking the exact same questions. And their question, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, your frustration is buried in the fact that you have to bust your, uh, I better not say it, but every morning. You put on your work boots, you go to work, you probably come home tired as a as dog tired. You maybe get to eat dinner, kiss the kids, read them a book, whatever. You go to sleep, and then you got these elitist, foie gras, sushi-eating, cocktail party, phony fraud, swamp rat goons in D.C. who get their butts kissed all day. They break the law at will. They do whatever the hell they want. They take millions of dollars into the foundation. They travel around the world having their their, their butts kissed by everybody out there. Meanwhile, you get a ticket for jaywalking, and you got to take $50 out of your, your, your salary next week, and that $50 matters while these people get away with, with, with seemingly grand larceny every day of their life. Brother, I am with you, man. I get it. Uranium One, where is the $145 million at? Why hasn't anyone looked into Hillary? That's the truth scandal going on right now. Matt, here's the hard answer for you on that. I, the hard answer is I, I wish I knew. I spent, like I said, a year researching this this book on this and... I'm not sure. I can tell you behind the scenes that there are some things happening. I can't tell you uh, with 100% certainty that it's going to result in the in, in legal charges against people who I agree with you, I believe may have, in fact, broken the law significantly. But I do know that Sessions has Huber working on it behind the scenes. We've just seen a, a grand jury, apparently, according to was it the Washington Post, that is uh, looking at an indictment against Andy McCabe and the FBI. Um I don't know, Matt. I, all I can tell you is this. The world is a really horrible place sometimes, and you just got to get out and do what you can do. And on your end, you got to show up. You got to take you. You got to take your friends at the refinery. You got to go out and vote. I'm not telling you like the Republicans are going to have all your answers. I'm just telling you that what the Democrats did is the problem. That I know. So, Matt, th- thanks for your call, brother. I appreciate it. And thanks for working for a living. I really appreciate it. You're a good man, brother. And uh, tell all the boys in the refinery I said hello. So thanks, pal. It's tough to get those calls, folks. It ain't easy. I'm, I get a lot of emails into my account. You know, I, I put my personal email out of my webpage. I read all your emails. And um, it matters to me because I like genuine feedback from real people that actually work for a living. You know, I don't want, I don't want it screened or anything like that. And I read stuff like this all the time. 
you know, hey, man, I'm an electrician on a building project in New York City. I got to leave my house at five o'clock every morning. You know, I get stuck in a in a I get a ticket for making a right on a on a on a through street in Manhattan because I was wasn't paying attention one day. I got to pay up. Yet these people break the law everywhere and nothing ever happens to them. They forget about jaywalking and making an illegal right turn. You got people taking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in speaking fees when they're the secretary of state and then, you know, putting in their input on legislation and other items but that are going to affect the very same people that donated the hundreds of millions of dollars how the hell is that fair how do you think the guy laying sheetrock in a house feels about that no seriously how do you think he feels and you know and then they wonder about with the silent majority out there all these people remember the, the articles in the washington post donald trump's chances of winning are approaching zero zero he's like because you know what these people who live in the liberal elitist media bubble they don't get out there they don't talk to actual americans they don't. They sit there. They talk to the lobbyists, the cocktail party crowd. That's their thing. That's their bag of donuts, man. That's what they do. They don't go out there in the steel mill. They don't go out there and what are they redoing the Waldorf in Manhattan? A lot of rich people lived in the Waldorf. The people in there working out are not rich. They're laborers working their butts off. That's hard work, man. You see some of those guys when they come out of there? They have Some of them I see have like gray shirts on. They're black. They didn't dye them. That's from all the all the dirt and the work and the dust and all the stuff they got to deal with. These people work for a living. How the heck do you think they feel about this? This elitist class of snobs that gets away with everything. Now you wonder how a guy like Trump won? He won precisely because he didn't pretend to be something else. You ever listen to his appearances on Stir, Howard Stern? He never, he wasn't a faker. You listen, you may not like his behavior, and that's fine. As I'm a sinner, but I, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I, I don't condone, I don't condone my own behavior in the past. But at least he wasn't a fraud. At least he wasn't a phony. He didn't run from it. That's who he was. Donald Trump, had, listen, he had his days. He said some things I'll bet he regrets. He wasn't a fake about it like these frauds in there now. Okay, we're in it for the little guy. We're in it for the little guy. Didn't you take a $500,000 speaking fee from a Russian bank connected to one of these deals for your foundation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did the little guy get that money? Uh, uh, nah, not exactly. And you and, and, and the media still can't figure out why, why Donald Trump's base won't leave him. They, st- they still don't get it. Here's a hint. Get out of the Capitol grill. Leave the D.C. bubble for a minute. Go out to Pennsylvania. Go out to Michigan, Wisconsin, southern New Jersey, where people work for a living. And try talking to them for 10 minutes. Maybe you'll figure it out, you knuckleheads. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. Folks, I just want to kind of recap what we talked about because it's important today. Listen, we won. We had a big victory with Kavanaugh, but this is no time for rest at all. I can't say it enough. You have got to get out and vote. There are no excuses. Even some of you that live in deep blue states, you think, oh, the race isn't winnable. My Senate candidate, my gubernatorial candidate, he's down in the polls. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me just tell you a quick story about what happened with me, right? I ran for the U.S. Senate in Maryland in 2012. I won the uh, Republican primary. We were even surprised. We didn't expect to win. 
We got smoked in the general. It was a three-way race. The independent spent like nine million bucks or six million, but it didn't matter. Just dumped a whole fortune on our head. We had like a million dollars. That was it. We got crushed. I got annihilated. It's embarrassing to lose. We got we got dinged up pretty good. But all those doors we knocked on, and all those people we uh, people we got together and volunteered in our campaign, people who found us for the first time, my campaign. Some of those very same people wound up getting involved in the next election cycle in 2014 in another statewide race in Maryland. It wasn't mine. It was a guy by the name of Larry Hogan, who was a probably 10, if not 15 to 1 underdog to the Democrat, Anthony Brown. Now, Hogan's not a diehard conservative, let's be clear on that, but he certainly was better than the other alternative. A lot of those people went on to volunteer for that campaign. I'm not in any way taking credit for his victory. Please, I'm not that presumptuous. I'm simply suggesting to you that I know the people who did it. They were not particularly active in politics. They liked working with me. They found politics to be somewhat enjoyable. They wound up working for Hogan's campaign. Hogan wound up winning in a huge upset in Maryland. He's up for re-election this year. You got to get out and vote. Even if your guy loses by 10 or loses by 20, what do you, your, your guy may have inspired 15 or 20 more people who inspire 15 or 20 more people who in the next cycle come back and win a congressional seat or a gubernatorial seat in an upset. This stuff happens all the time. There's Republican governors in some deep, uh, deep blue states right now, Massachusetts, Maryland, and Illinois. It matters. You got to show up. There are no excuses. The Democrats are anticipating a massive turnout. And listen, do not for a second underestimate your political opponent on this. You will be making a catastrophic mistake if you play any of this down. The Democrats are playing for keeps. The Democrats are not kidding. And there is real legitimate anger out there. I think it's misplaced. I think some of it's ridiculous. Trump's a fascist, really, who gives you back your money and cuts the size of government. Doesn't sound like much of a fascist to me, only if you're an idiot. But whatever. The anger's real. But we can counter that by showing up. We got to get that voter intensity. Bring 10 of your friends. It is really, really important. All right, folks, on a final note, please pick up a copy of Mark's dad's new book. Uh, It's available for pre-order. It's called Our Police. It's a beautifully illustrated book. You know, it celebrates our cops. Finally, they've been beaten up enough for the last four years. Available for pre-order by Jack Levin. So go check that out. Don't forget it. Also, in addition to my... GOTV speech, which you've heard a thousand times. You can't hear it enough. I just want you to remember that 10, 10, and 10 thing before the election. Send 10 emails to your friends reminding them to vote. You don't like sending emails? Fine. Call 10 friends. You don't like calling people? Fine. Make 10 Facebook posts. You don't want to make 10 Facebook posts? Then you don't want to win. And you're not serious. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to alienate the audience here. I'm just being honest. You just don't want to win. You want to talk, but you don't want to do it. I know that's not you because I know what we did with the Tea Party Revolution. You got to show up. 10, 10, and 10. 10 calls. 10 emails. 10 Facebook posts. Just pick one of them. Get people out to the polls. It matters. These police state tyrants and what they did cannot be allowed to take over the swamp again. It'll be devastating. All right, folks, I really appreciate it. Again, I'm Dan Bongino at D. Bongino on Twitter. My new book, Spygate, 
excuse me, is out now. I'd uh, deeply appreciate it if you give it a look. It's available on Amazon. Barnes & Noble covers a lot of the stuff I talked about. Covers it, it has diagrams in it, which is nice. Gets to show you how all the players are connected. It's at the end, so you can always refer back to it. It's got timelines, everything you need to know to have a deep understanding of the Spygate scandal. Go check it out. Spygate by me, Dan Bongino, Denise McAllister, and Matt Palumbo. Thanks, folks. See you soon. 